1: You shall take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and on his garments, on his sons and on the garments of his sons with him. And he and his garments shall be hallowed or made holy and his sons and his sons garments with him. Also, you shall take the fat of the ram, the fat tail, the fat that covers the entrails, the fatty lobe attached to the liver. The two kidneys and the fat on them, the right thigh, for it is a ram of consecration. Take one loaf of bread, one cake made with oil, one wafer from the basket of the unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And you shall put all of these in the hands of Aaron and in the hands of his son. And you shall wave them as a what? Wave offering before the Lord. And you shall receive them back from their hands and burn them on the altar as a burnt offering. So wave it and take it back and put it on the altar as a sweet aroma before the Lord. It's an offering made by fire to the Lord. And then you shall take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration and wave it as a wave offering before the Lord. And it underline this shall be your portion, Aaron. And from the ram of the consecration, you shall consecrate the breast of the wave offering, which is waved, and the thigh of the heave offering, which is raised of that, which is for Aaron and of that, which is for his sons. And it shall be from the children of Israel for Aaron and his sons by statute forever, for it is a heave offering. It shall be a heave offering from the children of Israel, from the sacrifices of their peace offerings, that is. Their heave offering to the Lord. Stop right there. I don't know, guys, listen, if you are getting this, but there is a lot to go through to get ordained in the ministry. Goodness gracious. There's a lot to go through to get in ministry, and it should be because ministry is serious. God loves his people, God covers his people. And God doesn't want just anybody doing ministry to his people. Now, I know that's not really popular nowadays because, I mean, after all, you get these mega churches, somebody's got to do the work. Somebody's got to minister to all them kids and somebody's got to clean the place. And, you know, well, you know, you, you come to church and, oh, well, you're breathing. Oh, good. Then you can be in ministry. I've gone to churches and, like, my, this happened to me one time. I think I told you all this and. I went visiting. I was just visiting the church. I was just visiting. The guy walked up, the pastor. He said, oh, well, the Lord is showing me that. I don't know what I have, Trump written on my head or something. I mean, he, you know, he is the Lord is showing me that you are called to the ministry here at this church. I said, really? I said, well, I'll tell you what, when the Lord shows me that I'll be here. Dude, back off. I'm just visiting. That's all. You don't bring people in ministry like that. What? That's crazy. You know, well, you can teach the Bible if you can read, or you've been hooked on phonics and you can read. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, oh well, you can read the Bible. Oh well, great. Then you're a minister. This is a kind. Believe it or not, it doesn't happen here, and that's why you, this is foreign to you, because I'm very protective of the ministry here. Yeah, some people, you know, I don't look. You might call it controlling. I call it duty to the Lord. I, I, don't, uh, I don't want anybody in the pulpit, quite honestly. I'm just being real with you. Y'all my family, my Wednesday night peoples. <laughs> Y'all my peoples. Y'all got people? I got people. No, no. We have to be careful who's ministering to the people here at the church. We're very protective of that, and we need to be. You know, people come up all the time. They've been here like one week or two weeks saying, yeah, I love this church, Pastor I love this church. I want to serve in this church. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I'm blessed when people tell me they love the church and they want to serve in the church. That's good. That's a, that's a good desire. But I generally encourage people, hey, why don't you just sit down for a while and just, you know, rest and get situated and get familiar with the ministry. And, you know, because... You know, you need some time. I mean, some people come here, they've been hurt by other churches. You need some time to heal. Or maybe you've come and you've been serving in other churches and you need some time just to sit and refresh. You know, I'd rather not have ministry going on than have a bunch of burned out people doing it. Somebody say amen. I, I really would. I'd rather have less ministry and people who are refreshed and anointed and called versus just burning people out doing ministry. Man, we're just grinding the ministry, just grind it. No, sit, get refreshed, enjoy, learn the Word. Hey, you only been here two times. You don't even know if you like this church. And we don't know if we like you. Come on, keep it real, somebody. Is that truth or what? All right, I must not be telling truth. Y'all ain't waving at me. But, I mean, you know, we need to get that relationship thing going. And you need to have a time where nobody's always, you know, hey, what about serving the Lord? Hey, when you go start serving the Lord? Hey, you need to get busy for Jesus. Or, you know, we're just busy, 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 busy. Nobody's getting refreshed. Nobody's getting fed. Nobody's sitting. Nobody's learning. Nobody's growing. We got to slow down. Slow down. Let's just sit. I, I recommend three to six months minimum. That's minimum. And even in that, hey, start off slow. Maybe you can do some parking lot. Maybe you can do some. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not establishing a pecking order here. I'm giving you time to grow with the church. Hey, ushers are just as important as pulpit. Parking people are just as important as pulpit. Man, if they don't park cars right, there won't be nobody sitting in here here to teach you. Yeah, Uncle Doug and him out there crashing cars. I mean <laughs> I We would have a problem. You understand? It's a problem. So, I mean, that's important. That's that's my point. You understand? Y'all understand? Shake your head if you understand. Okay. That's important. And we get all this, you know, well, if you clean the toilets, that's less than, you know, doing ushers. And if you you know, if you're doing ushers, that's less than, you know, pulpit. And that's not God's economy. God says you just Do what I called you to do. You serve where I put you. Mind you, Aaron and them didn't put themselves there. God put them there. And they were expected to serve right where they were as priests. That's God's calling. And we need to be mindful of that as we're moving forward and doing the work of the ministry. Yeah, it's a lot of work for these guys to get in the ministry, but there's a reason. And you also want to notice in your text that there's a whole lot of killing going on. Did you get that? As Aaron and his sons were to put their hands on the head of the ram, kill the ram, take the blood and apply it to verse 20, the tip of the right ear, which signifies I'm going to hear the voice of the Lord. And now they're to hear differently. And then they were to apply the blood to the tip of the right hand. The right hand spoke of strength in the Old Testament, not that God's against the southpaw, but the right hand. It's the right hand of service. God sees it that way in the scriptures. So they take the blood and apply it to the right hand, which speaks of, I'm going to be in the service of God. So I'm going to listen to the voice of God, be in the service of God, which means they're going to work differently. And then they're going to apply the blood to the big toe. Y'all following with me? To the big toe of the right foot. Which means I should walk differently. And I'm going to do the will of God, the will of God. So we have the voice of God, the service of God. And then finally, we're going to do the will of God. This speaks of Aaron and his sons consecrating their lives completely to God. Notice in verse 23 and 24, notice the wave offering was made of the fat of the ram and the unleavened bread. The breast of the ram was held up and waved back and forth to the Lord and then the priest could eat that part of the ram. Now, I want you to notice and, and want you to take note of the eating. Did you get this? Did not begin the process of ordination. This is important. It began with washing. It began with anointing. It began with blood atonement for the priest. And then the eating comes after that. You see, eating speaks of what? Fellowship. Eating speaks of relationship. Eating speaks of continual fellowship, which we know in communion, what? Eating speaks of what? Fellowship and relationship as you fast forward to the New Testament for the church. As we partake of the Lord's, the body of the Lord, and we partake of the cup, we're entering into union and fellowship with God, a oneness with God. Very interesting to note that in our text. Notice in verse 26 in your Bibles, part of the animal was to be kept for the food of the priest. Did you get that? Now, of course, you know your Bibles and concerning the tribes of Israel, you know, listen, that all of the tribes got a land allotment except for who? Levi or the priestly tribe. Very good. Levi, the priestly tribe, did not get an inheritance of land. They did not get a portion of land because God said for the priest, for those in ministry, I will be your portion. Also was very practical because if they had gotten land, are you listening? If they had gotten land, they would have had to take care of the land. And God says, I don't want you distracted with your property. You got to mow it and till it and keep it and all that. God says, I don't want you to get distracted. I want you to serve me, attend upon me, so I'm not going to give you any land. God said, I will be your portion. I'll be your portion. And the Levites were to live off of the offerings that came into the temple, or in this case, The tabernacle, God wanted to provide for them. Notice in verse 29, and the holy garments of Aaron, verse 29, you're looking at it? And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. That son, in verse 30, who becomes priest in his place shall put them on for seven days when he enters the tabernacle of meeting to minister in the holy place. And you shall take the ram of the consecration and boil its flesh in the holy place. And then Aaron and his son shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And they shall eat those things with which the atonement, kofar, atonement, was made to consecrate and to sanctify them. But an outsider, nope, they shall not eat of them because these things are what, saints? holy. And if any of the flesh of the consecration offering or the bread remains until morning, then you shall burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten because it is holy. Thus you shall do to Aaron and his sons, according to all that I have commanded you, seven days you shall consecrate them and you shall offer a bull every day. Get that, every day as a sin offering for atonement. You shall cleanse the altar when you make atonement for it, and you shall anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and the altar shall be most holy. Whatever it touches, the altar must be holy. So God set up the system, so Aaron's generation in verses 29 through 37, so Aaron's generation to follow would consecrate the same way. For Aaron and his sons, the process took seven days. And for seven days, we just read it. They lived in a tabernacle and they ate the ram and the bread. Look at verse 38. Now, this is what you shall offer on the altar. Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. One lamb you shall offer in the morning and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. With the one lamb, shall be one-tenth of an ephod of flour mixed with one-fourth of a hen of pressed oil and one-fourth of a hen of wine as, what saints, a drink offering. And the other lamb you shall offer at twilight, and you shall offer it with the grain offering and the drink offering as in the morning for a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak with you. And there, I love this, I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. So I will consecrate the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate both Aaron and his sons to minister to me as priest. First ministry is to minister to the Lord as priest. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them up out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. So stop right there. Give me your attention. After the ceremony of consecration, are you listening? The priest continued daily sacrifices in the morning and in the evening. This became known as the daily sacrifice. If you fast forward to the New Testament, you will see morning and evening sacrifices were made. The daily sacrifice. Now, we need to understand something. This is very, very important. It is good to study Exodus. It is good to study the various offerings. It is good to study the sacrifices. But we also need to understand, and that's why good, healthy knowledge of the book of Hebrews will greatly enhance your understanding of Exodus and Leviticus and the sacrifices. Because we learn, as you fast forward, that all of these sacrifices are simply a picture or a shadow or a copy of something that is coming. These things, as you study these things, you should look at them and say, okay, this is what they did, but there's something more coming. What do you mean, Rodney? It's in Hebrews chapter 10, in verses 1 through 4, we learn, listen, for the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of those things can never, with these sacrifices that we just read, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. The word perfect means mature, it means complete. For then they would not have ceased to be offered. If they could make you complete, they wouldn't have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin, but it's in those sacrifices, listen, that there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. Listen, all of these sacrifices, this is what Hebrews is saying. You understand? Listen, all these sacrifices, they had to be continually offered year by year because they could not be a once and for all sacrifice to cleanse men from their sin. That's why they had to be offered every day. And then once a year on the day of atonement, the day of Yom Kippur, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and offer the blood on the mercy seat once a year. But these sacrifices, this blood that was shed by this bull could never ever make them perfect or pure or complete or whole. And so God sent the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, to be sacrificed as a once and for all sin offering unto God. And that is why the gravity of hanging on the cross saying, my God, my God, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbathini, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The gravity and the weight of that. Because Jesus was the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb of God, being offered as a sin offering on the cross and the fire of God and the judgment of God was consuming his son to pay the price for us. And now he is the once and for all sacrifice for the sins of men. And now there's no more need for sacrifice. Mr. Jew, listen, there's no more need for sacrifice. Mr. Gentile. Listen, we don't have to sacrifice anymore. God's not asking you to get up on the altar. He already did that. Now he's telling you, look, just believe in what I've done. Put your faith and your trust in what I've done. Listen, there's nothing new under the sun. We can see all of that picture of Jesus and what he did right here in Exodus. And so God says, I did all that and I want to meet you. I love this. This is my favorite part of this whole chapter. Of all of these 46 verses, I love Verse 42 through 46. Would you look at it again? Verse 42 says, I will meet you. God says, verse 43, I will meet with the children. Verse 45, I will dwell with them. Verse 46, that I may dwell. It blows me away to think, listen, that all God wants to do, and we learn this from cover to cover in the Bible. Listen, all God wants to do is meet with people. That's all he wants to do. People don't want to meet with him. He wants to meet with people. He says, I'm doing all of this that I might meet with you. The gospel is come meet with God. That's the gospel. That's what the harvest crusade is all about. Turn your ear to heaven. That's what the harvest crusade is all about. Meet with God. That's all God wants to do is meet with people. Now, two things I want to point out really, really quickly as we come to somewhat of a close. I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a second. But two things I want to point out. Number one, listen, did you notice everything? Now, here's, here's something you've got to get this. Everything was being done to Aaron and not by Aaron and his sons. Everything was being done to Aaron and not by Aaron. They didn't do anything. They didn't earn the right to be ministers. God did it for them. God did it to them, not by them. And the only thing, the second thing I want to point out, is the only thing that they were required to do or that was done by them, the only thing that they had to do was to take and eat That's it. The sacrifice was offered up. The priest took it and he was to eat it. And the eating of the sacrifice was to nourish and strengthen. And as I said in my opening comments, the high priest is a picture of Jesus. And we as kings and priests unto God, listen, Jesus has done it all for us too. He saved us. He washed us. He, he robed us in the robes of righteousness. He anointed us. He gifted us. Were you here with us in the book of Romans? He justified us, sanctified us, called us, elected us. It goes on and on. I could be here another five minutes telling you all that he's done for us. And the only thing that he says to us, now watch this, is take and eat. That's all you have to do. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Really quick, I need to hear them pages turning. Matthew chapter 26. And look at this. Take and eat. Take and eat what, Ronnie? Communion. That's what we do in communion. We take, we eat, we remember. This is what Jesus told us to do. As they were eating in verse 26, Matthew 26, 26, Matthew 26, 26. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said what? Take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them. And he said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood." Of the new covenant, not like the old covenant. Do you guys see the lines I'm trying to draw for you? The the blood of the new covenant, I like the old covenant. But the new covenant, the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And then Jesus became a worship leader and sang a song. (laughs) He sang a song. Take eat. Well, listen, I can't find a better time in the next seven minutes than to take communion together. Because we see as kings and priests ministering to the Lord, Remembering all that he's done, the only thing we're required to do is take and eat. I thought, hey, let's take and eat, just like God told us to do.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.